show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Shannon Smith Shooting Podcast Show. Thanks for coming back and joining me again. I'm trying to get a little better at staying on top of these. Been about a month since the la- since the last one. We had Dan on here, uh, USPSA Range Master. Had some good feedback on that topic. Uh, I'll try to get some more interviews coming in the near future if that's the type of stuff that uh, you folks are liking. Um, thought about trying to get. You know, we have a lot of major matches at, at my range, obviously, and a lot of pro shooters in there. Actually, took the equipment to work to try to get some over these last few matches that we've had, but there's just not enough time. Everybody's busy, and I'm busy, and they're either shooting or trying to get out of town or something like that. So I'm not sure that's going to work, but I'll do the best I can. Going to jump right into the show. We got a lot to cover in this uh, episode. I've got a lot of good ideas in mind. I've been thinking about a lot of good topics for casts, and just. Not enough time to get them done, as normal. Uh, I do a, a lot of match recap on this one, being that we live in the great state of Florida. It's February 20th, and we've had three major shooting events at our range already. Uh, first one was the Florida State Championship in uh, January, and I lost, which is frustrating. I selfishly consider that my match to win, and I've uh, won 10 Florida State Championships. I think that's... I think that's more than anybody in the state. Maybe maybe Manny's probably close. I'd have to check. But shot open this year, uh, beat by Lesgar, Speedy Murdoch, who's obviously a heck of a good shooter. And it's a, it's a pretty easy match, and that's by design. You know, Florida State Championship, we keep, um, you know, maybe easy is not the right word, but not not the technical level of something you, that you would see at a national championship or, or certainly a Florida Open. And it's that way on purpose, you know. I mean, not that every match isn't for everybody, but we certainly encourage new shooters to jump in in the state championship and get their feet wet and kind of learn the ropes of the big matches. Uh, I did have one penalty on the match, which if you're scoring at home, that's 15 points roughly. And I lost by 14.7, so that's a little tough to swallow. But And, of course, it was a stupid, stupid miss, probably on one of the closest, easiest targets of the match, but that's how it goes sometimes. Uh, but all in all, I shot all right, not great, but I shot okay. But uh, it was a fun match. Weather was good. Uh, staff was great. Obviously, I'm running the thing, so that's that takes a lot of my time as well. But logistically, everything everything ran as good as I could have hoped, and um, went off pretty much without a hitch. That was third week in January. We had uh, I think we were over 300, which is pretty big for for our state championship. So we were certainly pleased with the turnout. And um, I've been saying this for 10 years, but. You know, it sure seems like more and more people are getting involved in the sport. And obviously, you get turnover. You get people that have other things come up and drop out or move on to another hobby. But, you know, the sport always always seems to be growing just in terms of you're seeing new people coming in and getting involved and jumping into state matches and things like that. So it was, it was great to see a lot of newer shooters coming out to the state championship. Uh, a week after that, we had uh, Three Gun Nation Southeast Regional. They came into town. A little different format on that one in that they – they pretty much run the match, uh, soup to nuts, more or less. I'm obviously there and coordinate and you know help out what I can, but they've got uh, they got their system down and they come in and on Sunday or Monday before uh, come in jamming, set up the match, build the stages, and pretty much run everything. So that's cool for me, and it takes um, the the load of of running the match off my back and lets me concentrate on shooting a little bit. I don't do a lot of three gun. I've um, I shot the three gun regional here last year, and I shot the one they had in South Carolina last year. Um, 
and then I shoot our local stuff and then the Aerie 6, obviously. So outside of our range, I've only shot one one big three-gun match. So I'm still learning, but uh, I'm hating it less. It wasn't my favorite when I first started playing around with it and still not quite in love with it, uh, as in love with it as many, but um, I'm thinking maybe next year after the after we get the world shoot over with this year, maybe next year I'll try to concentrate a little bit on it. Because I don't practice, I don't put, you know I don't have the time to to uh, put into to three gun practice. I don't have enough time to practice pistol as much as I would like. But whatever time I do have, I'm I'm working on pistol. And certainly this year with the world shoot being on the world shoot team, I'm concentrating on uh, pistol and, and open division exclusively. But maybe the year after, I might uh, I might delve into it a little bit more. Uh, I shot pretty good for um, you know for my experience level and the the level of practice I put in. I was I was pleased with my performance. I was on the the super squad, and I certainly learned a ton running with those guys. And you know that's the aspect of the sport that actually is more exciting to me than the fact you're shooting three guns. I, I mean that's that is what it is. I'm not a you know I don't love shotgun, and I've shot enough rifle in my life that it doesn't do a lot for me. But but what excites me is that it's new and there's a ton to learn. Not that I don't have a little bit more to learn in pistol, but um, you know there's tons for me to pick up in three gun and and uh shooting with those guys I, I learned a, i learned a whole bunch this that weekend and you know like everything else it's the little things but doing the little things right and um you know ammo selection and and um you know where you're going to load and, and that type of stuff so it was it was a really good time shooting with him you know, i shot with daniel daniel horner that's the first time i've shot with him uh, in a three gun match uh, he's pretty amazing and you know what was interesting to me is that he made a lot of mistakes, or what I would consider mistakes, coming from the pistol world. But what I'm learning is that there's so much going on in three gun that things are going to happen, and you know, a, a bobble here, a dropped load there, or an extra shot on the shotgun here that, you know, that in a, in a pistol stage I would consider a pretty big mistake. I don't think that's the case in three gun. I think that pretty much happens. And again, I don't have a ton of experience at it, but um, but he won by a lot. I mean, it's a you know, it's a time, it's a straight time game. Um, and he won, I was, I was second by, I think 50 seconds. And then it was like, you know, 18, 25, 15 back from there. So it was pretty bunched up, uh, after first place, but, but he was out by mile. And, um, I mean, obviously we all knew he was winning, but, you know, I didn't realize he was winning by quite that much, especially given the mistakes that he made. And again, I say mistakes, but I think that's just the, the par for the course in, in three gun. There's. You know, obviously you're dealing with three different guns on stages and different stage plans and different loading um, loadouts and where you're going to load, where you're going to reload. And so a lot of opportunities for, for things to go wrong. And I think that's just the way it is. And, and so now you've got to get a roll with that. So you can't get you can't get frustrated when you drop a shotgun load because you got two more bays to run to and two more guns to deal with. So you just work through it and um, and roll on with it. Uh, another thing, there's maybe this is specific to our range, really, but there were a lot of dead ass sprints and I'm in half decent shape. I'm, I, uh, try to work out, but I was sore as hell the next day and the, and the, and the day after, uh, Monday after the, after the match ended just from a balls out sprint, the way they run the bay to bay thing, you're shooting pistol or shotgun or whatever in one bay, ground the gun. Now it's a 30, 40, 50 yard dead ass sprint to get around to the other bay, grab your next gun and, and go at it. Uh, so I'm definitely going to incorporate some of that into my training program, both my workout program and my shooting program. Uh, obviously, breathing comes into play and things like that. But, um, you know, 
full on wind sprints are just not something that I that I incorporate into my training. Um, you know, box jumps and and foot speed work and things like that. Yes, but uh, I'm definitely gonna start incorporating some some full on wind sprints. Another thing I picked up out of the match that I thought was cool. The first stage we shot was a double bay. He started with rifle on one side, grounded it, ran around the other side, and then it was a bunch of uh, clays, steel, and paper. And you could shoot shotgun or pistol uh, or both or neither or whatever. So it was really your option. So all the guys, and I had looked at it the day before or the day before that a little bit and kind of had a mainly pistol plan, imagine that, but I think I was shooting like eight shotgun rounds or something or, or six or whatever, but I didn't, I basically built the plan so I didn't have to load the shotgun because I'm hiding from my weaknesses. Uh, also, if you're going to run it all shotgun, now you got to incorporate slugs in there for the paper targets and remember, you know, remember your loads and get your candy cane straight and things like that. Well, all those guys were, were running shotgun and I was down in the order. It was our first stage alphabetical. So I was down towards the end. And uh, so I was getting a little nervous about uh, don't be a pussy and you know don't hide from your weakness if it's gonna if it's gonna penalize you in the match and so I was kind of waffling back and forth, but then you know you just have to convince yourself that Stuart Smiley, if you guys train with me, you know what that means. But you have to convince yourself that you know what you're you're playing to your strengths, your plan is gonna work. You're not an idiot. Just go out there and do it. So I thought I'm not gonna change my plan this this late into the game. You know I'm in the hole or something at this point. So I concentrate on the plan I had try to execute it to the best of my abilities. And then I was just kind of hoping I stayed close, you know, hope if that was a horrible idea that I don't lose 20 seconds on the stage or something, you know, if I can stay within eight or 10 seconds, um, I would have been happy. And I was probably looking for a top 10, top, top eight or something at the, at the match was my expectations going in. So I ran the stage and the time was competitive. I, I think Dan was 50 something with 50 point something with penalty with a penalty or two. And I ended up being 49. So I didn't know that was going to be a stage win at the time, but I knew it was competitive. So I, I, it was a big confidence boost coming in the first stage of a big match like that in that uh, I'm not that much of an idiot. And, you know, my stage idea worked and the plan was going to plan was all right. And uh, actually ended up being better. All right. Ended up winning the stage. So that was, that was cool. But again, a lot to learn on that match. I picked up a lot, a lot of things to train on. So I'll definitely use some of that moving forward. And then this weekend, yes, yesterday, we just finished up the Florida Open, which is always our biggest biggest tournament of the year here at Universal Shooting Academy. Um, this was the 19th annual Florida Open, so that was pretty cool. And uh, Florida Open always has a reputation of a of a tough match. So we talked about the state. This one is the opposite. This is definitely technical, definitely tough tough shots, a lot of distance, a lot of partials. So you know, I don't expect to get out of this match without a penalty and and I met my expectations, so that was cool. But finished third there. I shot okay again. <clears throat> again, not great, but I shot okay. We shot on Thursday with the staff and then ran the match on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We had over 400 competitors registered, I think, after we had the no-shows and stuff like that. We ended up at 390 or 392 or something and then some DQs. But So it was a pretty big, pretty good match. A lot of good shooters. Um, a lot of the pros were down, so a lot of good competition. Uh, ended up third. 18 points, um, had three penalties on the match, but I don't think those hurt me quite as much. I mean, obviously, without two of those, I would have won, but there's that. But, I mean, a, a match at this difficulty level with the speed that you have to run, you're going <clears> to <throat> you're gonna pick up some penalties. It's, it's going to happen. So you can't, you can't go into the match, 
you know, shooting at a pace where you're guaranteeing no penalties because you're going to be way off the pace. One of the things I've been working on this year is uh, shooting partial targets quicker. Uh, that was one of my goals after last year. I kind of thought that was one of the places I was lacking. Um, you know, watching some of my competitors shoot, they're they're attacking that 12 to 18 yard parcel target way way more aggressively than I was. Uh, so I've been working a lot of that in practice, and I was pretty pleased with the way that worked. I felt like I went the I went at the parcels pretty hard. Um, I did one of my misses was on a partial, but I was coming into position too hard. I was way out of balance and literally about to fall and I tried to take the shot anyway so I'm not too upset about that I, I, I should have you know gotten steady and made a makeup but I didn't but what what cost me in this match I think was the open targets you know, looking at the you guys have looked at the USPSA results that's kind of cool because you can easily compare yourself with another shooter in terms of time in terms of percentage of points shot penalties things like that uh, practice score also has that that competitor app uh, which I just kind of started messing around with. I'm an iPhone guy, so I don't. It's just for Android right now. But Trent, the um, IT stats guru working the open, was showing it to me. So we were playing around with that a little bit. So that's another good, good tool if you're trying to compare yourself with another shooter and see where you might be lacking. And I just got smoked on the A counts. Um, you look at the guy that won, Lescar. My uh, our times were the same. I think we were within a second or second and a half on the match. Um, he had actually more penalties than I did. I think he had one more delta than I did, but kicked my ass on the A counts. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but it was like 40. I mean, it was a big difference in in A's. So that's probably, you know, just staying too aggressive on the open targets when, um, you you know, you're losing silly, silly Charlies on a close open target just because you're not focused right, just because you're not picking the right spot on the target, et cetera. So, I mean, you can't concentrate on everything at once, but... I have been working on shooting the parcels faster, and that's also kind of been one of my philosophy changes this year is to get more, I don't know if we talked about this in the podcast or not, but to get more aggressive on the parcel targets and actually aim more on the open targets, which is kind of the opposite of what everybody does, on the theory that, you know, if it's a tough partial, if you look at Barry, you know, some of the way the way they, they put those diagonal parcels up there, uh, I mean, you could aim at those damn things and get Alpha Charlie. So why not shoot them aggressively? probably get Alpha Charlie anyway, same place you would have been. And then on the open targets where everybody's blitzing them and, and picking up silly Charlies, you know, try to aim a little bit more on those and, and not drop the not drop the stupid points, not drop the easy points. So I'll incorporate that in my practice moving, for, moving forward and uh, try to maintain the aggressiveness on the open targets or on the uh, parcels and uh, tighten up the shots a little bit. On the open targets, notice I did not say shoot them slower. Just a matter of uh, just a matter of focusing. Other than that, the match went really smooth. Again, close to 400 competitors. We had group shoot all day on Friday. Uh, that ran good. We were a little later than I like finishing, but I think we were done by 5:30 or something. And then the weekend, the weekend went flawless. Weather was pretty good, and a little bit of light rain on Saturday, but not much. And uh, Sunday was great. So there's another one in the bag for Florida Open. Next year is going to be the 20th anniversary, so we're talking about some cool different ideas for that match. We're already kind of game planning what we're, what we're thinking about, so hope you hope you guys can make it. I had a class the weekend after, I think it was the weekend after the, the state match, but uh, I'd advertised on my Facebook page, and it was, it was more of a tactical class, and it was set up through 
actually through Aztec Training, which is I think one of I think it's a Vickers company, but a buddy of mine, Daryl Holland, works with them. And he's a retired SFOD guy and teaches a lot around the country. Travels uh, travels around the country a lot and teaches. And he kind of asked me to come on and do a partner gig training thing and you know bring up more competitive shooter into their mix and to, you know, share with their clients and just kind of, I don't know, see how it goes. We didn't, uh, we hadn't done it before, so we thought we'd try it and, and, uh, see what happened. So it went really well, two day class, pistol carbine, more of a tactical flavor. And we had, uh, I think eight or 10 students, a couple of law enforcement, one military, and then the majority were just, you know, average, average Joes that they wanted to learn how to shoot better. Um, how to run the pistol better, how to run the carbine better. So that was cool. I, I did primarily the pistol portion, obviously, on on the first day, and then Daryl did uh, most of the rifle portion, uh, carbine portion, on the second day. And then at the end, we added in some transition stuff, went out and played around on some stages. And um, I think of of the whole class, there was two guys that had shot competition uh, seriously, maybe one or two other guys that had dabbled in it but weren't competitive shooters. So the interesting thing I found is there was one one guy, I'm a little biased because he's a student of mine, but uh, it was head and shoulders above above the field uh, in shooting. And everybody took notice. I mean, it was obvious that he was he was better than everybody else there. And, you know, of course they asked, why are you so good or how did you get good, et cetera, and it was because I shoot competition. So it's back to that age-old internet argument question of tactical guys shooting competition and it will make you a better shooter period uh, there's no ifs ands or buts about it it's a fact and so if you're a more of a tactical orientated person whether it be for your job or whether it just be concealed carry self-defense or you're just not a competitive guy you don't like to you don't like to go out and compete all that's fine all you know all i've saying and have said is if you want to be a better shooter go dabble in competitions, it will make you a better shooter. You know, you don't have to make it a goal to win the state championship or you don't even have to shoot the state championship. You know, just go out and hit some local stuff and and you'll see, believe me, you'll see it will make you better. So you don't have to get all crazy about it like we are. But and just incorporate it into some of your, you know, into your regular training plan, your regular training schedule. Pick up one match a month or one match a quarter or two matches a year or whatever. But bottom line is it'll make you better. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. Um, got time for one one question we can hit on here. I've had a, I've got a bunch of questions in the queue. Maybe I'll just do a straight up question show one day and catch up. But I'm gonna try to grab grab one occasionally and throw them in uh, at the end. This one doesn't 100% fit our topic like I try to make them, but gonna hit anyway. So the question was uh, on malfunctions. How do you recognize um, and and clear malfunctions quickly? Was the first part of the question, and then how does that affect? your stage plan going forward? So that's a pretty good question. Um, this is one of those deals where the the answer is different, I think, based on your experience level. I mean, how do you recognize malfunctions quickly? You you have a you have a thousand of them over the course of ten years and you know you you'll recognize things quickly. And it's I don't know that there's a um, a way to, to, to train or to train around that. I don't know if there's a way to speed up that cycle. It's, you know, you just, you can't substitute experience in, in some circumstances. Uh, my first answer would be get a gun that works. And 
you know, I don't even really cover malfunctions that much in my classes. We might touch on it. If, if it's a tactical class, we'll get into it a little bit more. But, you know, if, and I don't know if this is the case, but if the guy asking this question, if you're having a bunch of malfunctions, then you need to get that shit fixed because it'll, you know, it will tank your match at pretty much any level. But certainly, certainly the top level, if you have a, a significant malfunction on a stage, you're, you're, um, your match is likely done. Um, again, look at back at these matches. I lost one by 14 points. I lost one by 18 points. So a two-second malfunction, and there you go. There's your 18 points. But uh, to more directly answer the question, you know, I, I teach the the tap rack bang. You've got your immediate action and your remedial action. It's that's you know tactical 101 crap. Um, you know, so if you pull the trigger, and for any reason at all, the gun does not go bang. You go into your immediate action, tab rack bang. So you're you're seating the magazine, racking the slide. If it's not loaded, or if there's a dead primer or a bad piece of ammo, hopefully that's going to get that out and reload it, and then bang, you're back in the action. You know that's going to fix 90% of your problems. Uh, if it doesn't, then you have to go to a remedial action, which is that's basically a speed unload and a speed reload. Um, I'm assuming you're going to have extra magazines on your belt. You know if that's the case. Uh, I don't want that magazine in there because that's likely the culprit. So ripping the mag out, uh, racking the slide to clear out the junk in the chamber, and then speed reload. Bring a new mag off your belt, stick her in, rack the slide, and, and get back into action. So that's what I teach. What do I do? Not necessarily that. Because of the first part of the question is I, I do recognize them immediately um, most of the time. So, you know, I don't honestly tap rack bang because my magazines are uh, are never not seated and never is a strong word so I, I shouldn't say that but you know shooting open or limited or or even production um i guess production maybe it happens a little bit but it's just it's not very often you know because you're reloading so much maybe there's a time you don't get the mag all the way in but open or limited you know you're reloading once per stage tops maybe anyway so you're fine so normally you know i i, I realize the problem right away and you could either rack the slide or the stovepipe you can sweep clear that or if it's hammer follow I'll thumb the hammer back but you know I can usually tell right away what's going on um, and again I don't know I don't know how you can train for something like that you just you got to be familiar with your equipment and familiar with the gun and um, you know understand what's going on over the course of years yeah I've had everything possible happen but um, I've got some cool videos out there. You can maybe I'll link them in the in the show notes if I have time. But I had a, a case head separation last year with open, uh, where you know no clearing option worked. I had to pull a knife out and pry the pry the round out, lock the slide back, and then slam it up against a wall to get it to inertia to, to throw it out. Uh, and then I had one in Jamaica a number of years ago. It was a split case, and just locked the gun up. So again, I had to hold, you know, holding the slide and, and beating the grip, which is standard practice, didn't work. And so then I'm immediately looking around for something to whack the gun on. And again, holding the slide and, you know, everything I had whacking the gun up against a, a wooden step thing we were we had, had to shoot off of, finally got it cleared. But that type of stuff is because, you know, I'm, I'm intimately familiar with how the gun works. You know, you've got to know how it functions. Uh, how to clear whatever's going on um, to do it safely is important, obviously, also. And, you know, stay in the fight, get back in it. Now, in both those instances, it tanked my match, but I'm not going to just quit on the stage. You know, you're going to go, you're going to finish it. 
and get it done. But that all comes from, you know, knowing your gear, knowing your gun, you know, knowing what happened and knowing what's not going to work. Tap rack bang would not have fixed any of those things and, and neither would remedial action. Um, I guess that was remedial action to it in a sense, but you know, you got to know how to get the, how to get the gun cleared out and reloaded safely, you know, make sure there's not a squib, make sure, you know, something's not going to blow the gun up after that. So there's a lot going on and I don't know that there's a, that there's a, a training program for it. You certainly not, I'm not going to go out and fix, you know, set those up on purpose and practice it. So it's, um, again, if it's something that happens frequently, get your shit fixed or get a new gun. Uh, but other than that, if you stick with the uh, immediate and remedial, that'll get you through any problems that you have. And then over time, you know, you'll get better at, at recognizing what happens. And, you know, I said, I never tap rack, but that's not really the case. If I, you know, shooting single stack, it's pretty, pretty common to not get the mag seated on a reload. So then you're going to get the one round and then a click. Well, in that scenario, I know I'm pretty damn sure what happened. I didn't get the mag seated. So now you are back to tap rack bang. So there's, you know, different guns. I, I operate differently depending on what the situation is. And then the last part of the question, does that change your, change your stage plan from that point forward? Yeah, you bet your ass it does. So we had the conversation a couple of casts ago about hip factor system. And um, if you didn't listen to that, go back and go back and grab it because it was interesting. But you know, hip factor is points divided by time. And if you have a, if you have a problem, well, you've already lost the time. You're not getting that back. You can't just, you can't just shit out another couple of seconds somewhere uh, because you had a mistake. If it's a 12 second stage for you and you just had a two second mistake, you're not going to magically pick up two seconds somewhere. So you, you've already, already lost the time. You've already messed up the stage. You're just trying to stop the bleeding at this point. So after that problem, now I'm going to shoot alphas. And I say that in my head immediately. If anything goes wrong, if you drop a mag, if you trip, you fall down, you forget a target, bunch of, bunch of extra shots on a popper, you know, any little bobble in the stage, I immediately from that point forward think, all right, shoot alphas. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to up a level of technique. I'm not going to take that 12-yard target with the target focus now. Now I'm going to use a sight focus. So, you know, when I say I'm just going to shoot alphas, it's not just uh, I'm going to aim harder. You know, I'm changing the techniques that we talk about in class. Uh, for the target that uh, in other circumstances I might not shoot him with that technique but in this circumstance I am so from the, from that point on for the rest of the stage I'm going to try to get the best points that I can and most people do the opposite most people when you have a problem uh, anything goes wrong from that point on they think oh crap I got to hurry now so they, they turn up the speed which just results in less points which is making the hit factor go down you know you know got to understand the hit factor system you've already lost the time can't get that back so the only thing you do now is increase your points and that is aiming at the middle so i hope that answers your questions hope everybody's having a good year so far we've got the the uh, uspsa optics nationals breathing down my neck so we'll be starting set up for that here in uh, a few days still a little bit of room in that match if you're not in there uh, i think you can still get in on uh, thursday friday i think the weekend's pretty much full and then if you're a three-gun guy we got the area six multi-gun uh, right around the corner right after that, the first full weekend in April. So be sure and uh, shoot me an email or Facebook if you got any shooting questions. If you want to look and get in a class, class schedule is getting busy uh, down here at Universal. Or as always, have gun, will travel. So give me a holler. I'll be happy to come to your range and, and put something together for you as well. Get out on the range of practice. See you.